it's finally time again for some Radio Trivia Podcast edition. This is episode 182, uh, being recorded at the end of May. I'm here with my old friend Jonathan Metz, one of the founders of the original Radio Trivia format. Hey Mike, it's good to be here as always. Hi. Yeah, it's, it's, this is long overdue. I uh, just uh, haven't found the opportunity uh, until now to, to do this. So thanks for doing this on pretty short notice. Yeah, it's all good. We're busy people, and I think everything lined up nicely this time. So uh, we got a, a lineup of three selections from me and two from Johnny. I should say one of them is a listener request, really. So it's really like two from me and, and two from Johnny and a listener request. Uh, kind of standard rules, no funny business. It's got to be released in North America on a Nintendo platform. Uh, with that, uh, please enjoy listening to our music. Try to figure out the games. And we got bonus questions for you if you've already figured it out or if you need that extra little hint. So uh, with that, uh, let's go to the first song of the first game. Might have been a pretty good hint right there. It definitely reminded me of a particular series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the synth well, is... They're going to start out with a hard one. The synth is just so low fidelity. It it uh, it does make you wonder what, what, what kind of hardware could this be coming from? Yeah, well, you know, full disclosure for the listeners at home. We're listening to this through Discord, too. That, that tends to crunch things. It doesn't completely destroy and garble them like Skype started to do, <laughs> which is why I, I moved over to this, but but it does pretty heavily compress things. So um, what you're listening to might actually sound a little bit better than what Johnny and I are listening to over Discord. That's good. 
never heard that song before. <laughs> that, that's that's that, that is a completely new song to me. There is something about like, the percussion hey, on it uh, that uh, sounds different, distinctive. I think. Yeah, not not exactly like the original uh, version of the song. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Hmm. Uh, well, here here is your uh, your hint question here, Johnny. What flying power-up notably is reprised in this game?
wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I love that third song. I, I definitely wasn't expecting that after the first two. And it leaves me with not a good guess for what this is. Because I, I started thinking, oh, okay, these are maybe like lower fidelity versions of familiar songs. So I was thinking like a Super Mario Advance release. Those were just announced for the um, yep, for the yep. Switch Online service. Um, but none of them made sense, especially with that, you know, um, Mario 1, 1, 1 theme song. That's not going to be in any of the Super Mario Advance games, I don't think. We've already used Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which kind of would have fit for the second one. But yeah, then the third song comes out, and um, and with all that arrangement, I can't really think of what. And with the clue too, I, I'm I'm having a hard time. I'm really coming up blank here with what this could be. I mean, it's not Mario Maker. Those have both been used before. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be kicking yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> this is new Super Mario Brothers two. Two okay. Okay. Yeah, which we we haven't used yet. I finally uh, played through it. I, I haven't played through every level of it, but <clears throat> I, I've played uh, at least to the credits on it. That was the credit song. Did you become a millionaire? Man, I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, the subtitle is this is uh, the search for more money, which I think was a line from Spaceballs. Uh, <laughs> Spaceballs to the search for more money. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny for all the marketing uh, on like the gold coin stuff, and yeah, there is kind of that gimmick with like the gold flower and stuff. Um, it, to me, it's just sort of incidental, which is fine. Yeah. I thought the level designs actually pretty good mm-hmm. and, and like one thing that the, the gold the gold coin power up does is it kind of it transforms certain blocks when you when you hit it and other enemies into coins and sometimes that's part of the puzzle too so mm-hmm. i mean you know the marketing was kind of like skewed on the whole gold coin thing which i think might have been a i don't know doing a disservice to the game um because I, I thought it was pretty good I, I don't know that i'll be able to play any more of it because my 3ds is now has a broken or, or, or pseudo broken face button on it so it won't register jumps right oh anymore. no it happened in the middle of my playing this i don't i don't know if one of my kids played it for a little bit but it seemed pretty innocuous you know they're just playing kirby very carefully hmm. um you know but may, maybe they were rougher on the grip and they realized or something i have no idea so now so now i got half of this game i haven't played yet or maybe a third of this game i haven't played and like all of the kirby which i finally broke down and bought robo bobo at full price <laughs> and uh i don't know if i'll play it because i uh, maybe i can transfer it to another 3d i think you can Still, I, don't, I don't know if you can do that without the eShop. you should be able to yeah um so I mean, maybe i can do i don't have another 3ds other than my really old original one well, lying around we'll have somewhere. to find something for you but yeah i mean well no 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 i am not asking for a handout here <laughs> no but, I, I can i but kirby demands to be played and uh yeah no, i mean I, I might be happy getting one of those 2ds yeah if, yeah if, uh, if i can find one of those because those will be those are designed to be kid yeah the 2ds xl is a pretty pretty sweet uh tough tough little system yeah, so that, that might be a good thing to get. Anyway, back to, back to this game, though. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in the music of this game, and it, it isn't that... Um, the, the new stuff, or like the, like the remix stuff, like you, you heard for games one or songs one and two, I, I think I like the remixes. The problem is that so much of the soundtrack is like a direct lift from other new Super Mario Brothers 
games. Like mm. literally, it's like okay, I, I've heard this song before. I've heard this song before. I, I don't remember if it's from the the Wii game or if it's from. Uh, I don't think it's from originally the um, Mario Maker Two, but I think I've heard it in Mario Maker Two. But that one's based on the Wii U, so maybe this song is from the Wii U game. I, like, it all blurs together so much, and I, I I'm pretty damn sure that like the water song and. You know, most of the songs you find, including like the Ghost House, it's all stuff I've heard before. And it's it's just very frustrating to have a new Mario game that isn't even like remixes of songs you've heard before. Just literally, it's just like copy paste. Just reused. Just, really, guys? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, but I, I get the and New Super Mario Brothers is is very conservative with how they still want to like tamper with the formula at all for some reason, and it's I think it was to its disservice. I it just it's. Ugh. Yeah, because the level signs are awesome. Um, do, have you played this game, Johnny, or, or did you skip this one? I did. Yeah, I, I played a bunch of it when it first came out. I pretty much completed it. I think I don't. I never did reach a million coins. I would have taken just replaying a bunch of levels over and over, or using some exploit, you know. And I just didn't care enough. But um, I definitely made two or three hundred k over the course of playing the game, and that's that's a <laughs> lot of coins to pick up along the way. Um, and I, I, I would generally agree with you. Not the strongest soundtrack, um, but that third song you picked out, pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, not a lot of original music and, um, you know, n- not a ton of original ideas in terms of mechanics or level designs, but it, it does it does have a, the feel of a remix, kind of. Um, but, you know, there, there's, some, there's a lot of fun to be had with it, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of remixing. Um, I'd say it, it actually in terms of design, it's very heavily curbing from like Mario Brothers 3 and, and Mario World. Mm-hmm. But I think they do a very good job with that. It, I mean, the, the levels don't feel like Mario Maker or Mario Maker 2 levels to me. They, they, they feel like, you know, real Mario game, Mario levels. Sure. Um, yeah, and they have some fresh art design, you know, built in, especially in the backgrounds yeah. and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's... It's a it's a Mario game. You should probably play it. You know, I mean, it's not the best Mario game, but it's still pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, it's got the secret exits. It's, it's actually, I mean, the one thing I thought was really interesting is that for like the warp zones, uh, when you find a secret to a warp zone, it becomes like an auto runner for this really short little level, and that's what the second song was mm. from. Um, and I, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know that was in there. I thought that was kind of cool. That little, you know, they actually thought to do something more than just okay, it's a a pipe or a cannon to you know, to a secret world or to the next yeah. one. Yeah, maybe it was related to the um, new Super Luigi U, which came out uh, roughly in the same era. Um, so one of those may have informed the other, I bet, because they both have that auto-running kind of thing going on. Oh, God, I don't remember that mm-hmm. from Mar- new Super Luigi U. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't played that since I, I first downloaded and consumed that game. Wow. Um, anyway, to, to answer the question, um, the, the power-up um, they reprise in this game is the Power Leaf, which I, I think had been reprised earlier in, in 3D Land, Land, but this was the first time uh, it had come back, I think, for a 2D Mario game. Yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, so it has a very similar mechanics to Mario Brothers 3. Again, they tend to use it in ways that remind me more of uh, perhaps uh, Super Mario World, but... You know, you know, you got the tail. You can swing to, to destroy blocks, and you can also use it to fly. So it's, it's fine. It's good. I like it. And you can flap it when you're falling to 
slow down a yes. little bit more slowly. Right. It's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's right. There's kind of like a almost like a hover you can you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Or a struggle jump. Yeah. Yeah. I will not make the Yoshi noise. I will refrain from making the Yoshi noise. Struggle jump. Everyone's making it in their minds. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the uh, the next game here. This one, Johnny, is uh, your pick. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, when we get past the second song, you're welcome to read the question. Okay. Very pretty song there. Doesn't it make you want to farm? Is that a hint? Not really.
Well, no, I did a little jig there. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, here's your secret hint question. What famous fictional spacecraft shares its name with a ship in this series, in this game, and many others in the same franchise?
All right. Well, that was very nice. Yeah, that uh, epic sweeping fanfare um, is from a name I I don't get to say much. I don't think most of us get to say this very often here on Radio Trivia. So uh, you've been listening to the music of Final Fantasy 3. Final Fantasy 3. Um, this is the Pixel Remaster um, for Switch. It's on other platforms too, but... Uh, this is the one I played and um, talked about it recently on Radio Free Nintendo, so I won't rehash it too much here, but I really enjoyed it. And um, this, you know, this one never came to the West back when it was originally released. Um, and it did get remade on DS, and that version has been used on Radio Trivia before, right. but the music. A long time ago. Yeah, the music here is all rearranged from the original 8 bit music. And in the game, you can switch between the two. Um, and I mostly played the arranged music. I thought it, I thought it was really well done, really nice. And I don't have nostalgia for those compositions, so um, it doesn't mean as much to me to listen to the originals. Um, but yeah, I. That's I, cool. That's cool to give you the option, though. Yeah. It is. It's a nice option. Yeah. So just to clarify here, um, yeah, Square for, for a very very long time has been terrible at their naming conventions. Yeah. Final Fantasy three here is referring to the NES game or Famicom, I should say, Famicom game mm-hmm. that that uh, never came out to the West. Um, I don't know if it was a Famicom disc system game or a Famicom game, but uh, the Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo is actually Final Fantasy six. I, I suspect right. everyone listening knows this, but just to be clear, it, it's worth it's worth pointing out. Yeah, this is not the one with um, Terra and Sabin and Edgar and Kefka. Um, right. This is the one with four no-name people <laughs> who are the warriors of light, and they just come out of nowhere and start on a quest to save the world. Um, so the the story is very simple, but the um, Playing the game, I, I really enjoyed. There's a, a rudimentary job system that adds some interesting kind of wrinkles to you know your character development over time, the kinds of equipment you can use and magic and stuff like that. And I just really enjoyed the design of the caves, the, the dungeons that you have to fight through, um, the towns that are full of little secret passages and hidden treasure chests, and the overworld, which has got just tons of optional little caves and um, things like that, lots of different vehicles, modes of transportation to get around, um, and a lot to explore. And I, I, that's just one of my favorite things about this series. Not every game has that kind of big world exploration feel to it, um, but Final Fantasy III on the Pixel Remaster, um, it, it gives a good dose of that. And, and overall, the game ends up feeling like a, a, a more basic, more simplistic version of, of Final Fantasy IV which is a real classic, you know, from the Super Nintendo. Um, and it's not as good as that game, for sure, but it, it is closer to that than it is to the original Final Fantasy, which is, you know, the most basic version of this whole formula. So, um, so yeah, it leans a little bit closer to the ones that I prefer on the 16-bit era, and I'm uh, really, really glad I got to play it. Cool. Well, uh, there was a bonus question here that oh, we yeah. asked about the name of a spacecraft. Yes, yes. The spacecraft that shares its name with a ship in this game and many others in the Final Fantasy franchise, that would be Enterprise from Star Trek. Um, I don't know if there's a direct relationship, but if, one, if the Final Fantasy ship could very well have been named after Star Trek. Um, but, uh, but Enterprise is the name of a lot of ships uh, throughout Final Fantasy. So, including this game. I, I have not played many Final Fantasy games, but I did not 
noticed that trend. I mean, maybe I just haven't played any mm-hmm. with that. Um, Okay, that's cool. Yeah. It's not a spaceship, though, right? It's just a regular ship in this game? Uh, in this one, it's not. But in some of the later games, it does become a spaceship, <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. I, I don't really have anything to add on this one. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm glad it's a good version. It sounds like, mm-hmm. even though it's a multi-platform thing, it, it runs well enough on Switch, and the interface isn't weird. So, you know, sometimes Square Enix is... Um, you know, ports from m- mobile games been complained of having some jank factor to them. Right. But maybe this one, not so much. Yeah, this one is ported from the PC, and uh, it's actually an improvement on the, the original versions, I think. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice way to play uh, cool. classic Final Fantasy. Alright, well, we're going to go on to a listener request. It actually was requested by two people. Shiny Ray and David. Okay. Feels like I'm uh, on the march to the king's war room. <laughs>
Not the most energetic soundtrack. No, but uh, I kind of like the 80s drumming on there. So you ready for your hint question, Johnny? Yeah. All right. So generally speaking, what condition must be met before you can possess an animal?
All right, um, Johnny, I'm very curious to see if you have any guesses that are anywhere close to the mark on this. Well, uh, I'm going to lean very hard on this question and go with Geist. <laughs> I thought you might get this. <laughs> yes, uh, I, uh, I. this is Geist, a uh, arguably cult fan favorite of uh, Planet GameCube. Yeah. It was requested by Shiny Ray and David. I, I couldn't find the Shiny Ray's request in the archives, but David's was from like 2016. Oh, he's the gosh. second one I list here. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this is this has been in the popper for a long time on, <laughs> on my request list. Uh, yeah, Geist. So, um, yeah, Geist is a well, it's a first person shooter, but it, they, they were trying to align it a little bit with like Metroid Prime kind of being like, you know, oh, it's more of a first person person adventure game. There's, it's more than just about shooting. There's puzzly yes, aspects to it. Definitely some exploration and puzzles and some story too, you know. I mean you you play this guy who gets turned into a ghost and he's trying to get his body back, I think. Um, and yeah. you're possessing all kinds of objects and creatures and, and, and eventually people. And, you know, you can jump from one person and shoot someone and then jump over to another person. And, you know, in theory, it makes for really interesting, um, kind of, uh, game progression. Um, you know, I think it's a little clunky in practice, but really cool game. Um, not the most memorable soundtrack maybe, but, um, (laughs) But uh, but the the game itself is definitely memorable, and uh, and I'm, I'm glad we got to showcase it here on the podcast. Yeah, and uh, who was it that was like like big on this one? Was, was it uh, Mike Sklens or mm, I can't remember. I'm to remember who was. Yeah, there's it was mostly probably because they're a Florida-based company and. The person was from Florida. They're all so yeah. excited about it. But, but uh, yeah, and and space. I, I don't think that they survived much longer than after this game. I, oh yeah, they made um, a bunch of Call of Duty games for the DS. Maybe. The okay, 3DS, I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, they they went on to do uh, a number of things later on. All right. Well, I've I've been bad about listing the composers. Uh, so far, as usual, I mean, the, the composers on this game were Brad Martin and Michael Reed. Um, I, Final Fantasy III was obviously composed by Nobuo Umatsu, although I don't know if he did the rearrangements for that. Probably uh, not, but they're, he's still credited, I think, as the, yeah. uh, as the creator for those. <laughs> okay. And then Kenta Naga did the uh, co- composition of the new stuff, I guess, or at least remixes for... New Super Mario Brothers 2. Again, a lot of the music was lifted from other games, and I don't know if he was part of those or not. Uh, but uh, so okay, I've I've, I've, I've recovered uh, listing uh, all, all the composers there. We're caught up. But yeah, so so yeah, Geist I think is a really interesting idea. It's another one of these games that I, I feel like if Nintendo has the full rights to it, they, they probably do. They were the publisher of it. Well, this is copyright Nintendo. I feel like they could revisit this along with you know eternal darkness and uh there, there's more concept to be mined you know even if it's just to execute things better because mm-hmm. you know the, the tools have gotten a lot better since these games came out and um yeah no doubt about it i just i just i just think you could really do something cool with, with the, the guy's concept i tend to agree yeah i mean it has been tried in in um a few other games since then by other companies um but uh yeah it's a neat idea and you know, and uh, I think 
integrating all that into a first-person shooter. Also, some some cool things you can do there. I'd like to see them take another crack at it. I'm not going to hold my breath, though. No. Geist is not the strongest brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think you're more likely to see the concept get merged into a new Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. That everything seems to be getting incorporated into Zelda at some point. Yeah, it's just going to be a mini-game in the next Zelda. Yeah, I mean, Pilot Wings has essentially been subsumed into Zelda, is my, is my conclusion. So. That's true, yes. Um, okay, uh, we're going to go on. Oh, no, we didn't answer the question, did we? So, so yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Do you recall what you got to do? I think you have to scare the animals before you can possess mm-hmm. them. Yeah, exactly. So, the the E3 demo, which I, I saw that same sequence on a, on a video I was watching just to refresh my memory on this game. Um, you... you you're in an area where there's just a dog, and you have to possess like the dog bull. <laughs> Shake the dog bull just to entice the dog, and then like it make you make it explode or something. <laughs> just freak out the dog, <laughs> poor doggy. <laughs> uh, so. Do you need that dog to run through a small passageway and then go wake up a sleeping guard, and you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a weird, weird. Uh, he's like a disembodied ghost, but you can't go through walls. So there's there's some weird rules with the world in, uh, in this game. But I, I guess you had they had to do that just for the sake of the gameplay. I guess. Well, to be fair, you're not a ghost. You're a geist. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're disembodied. <laughs> you're not sort of dead yet. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a technological uh, approach that the game takes to explain all this. He's a ghost. But then it but then it's important that your victim is scared before you can possess them. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a ghost. Right. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, let's go on to the next song or the next game, which uh, is your request again, Johnny. Figure we'd kind of go alternating here. Cool. <laughs>
Wow, that, that was great. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I think, I guess I want to ask you, Mike, what, d- does that music put you in a certain place and time? Does it, does it immerse you in some kind of particular environment? Oh, well, it sounded like kind of remorseful first or mournful first, and then it kind of becomes celebratory. I don't know. It's kind of has a Celtic feel to it, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, I think it's meant to be sort of like pan-cultural, you know, like not necessarily evoking um, just one specific, uh, you know, region of, of world music, but maybe just mixing elements and, um, and you know, maybe representing a, a, fic- a fictional place. So did that have both a didgeridoo and a pan flute in it? <laughs> yeah, and maybe, I don't know if it was a didgeridoo or maybe some throat singing, but either way, similar kind of uh, creepy drone effect. Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's much of a clue to say that that song is called Gateway, um, and I think it is meant to be sort of transporting. Do you want to give the hint question here, Johnny? I'll do that. Which other artsy, slidey games soundtrack was created by this game's composer? 
Well, uh, at first I thought I was in like watching some old Disney uh, cartoon episode where the main character is having a really bad dream, <laughs> and but then it turned into a bizarre bazaar, and John Williams was there, so that that was an adventure. Yeah, um, that song's from a boss battle, and listening to <laughs> it, listening to it actually really took me back to the feeling of playing this game, um, which is called The Pathless. And um, it's an adventure game. Um, it's definitely it's definitely like a Zelda-ish adventure game, um, where you move really fast. You kind of always um, run at a at a very high speed. That's you know similar to like riding a horse really quickly. Um, and so the whole game has this sense of motion, um, but you're shooting bow and arrow, and uh, you know occasionally doing some jumping and. Um, you know some navigation, but um, but yeah, this, this boss battle. Um, all the bosses in this game are basically like spirit. Like they're like animal, big animal spirits that have been corrupted. And so through the course of the boss battle, you fight them. And they become enraged and very dangerous and scary, and they chase you around and try to defeat you. But if you can overcome them, you eventually liberate the the spirit. And so there's this sort of tender moment where they are thankful and they reward you and you know then they they pass along some kind of power to you or something like that and and you can kind of hear that in the way the song ends um so, so is is it like um kind of a heavily scripted battle where it's like things are well timed and you have to do it a certain way to to proceed because it seems like that, that music has so many beats to it so it seems like it has to be synchronizing in some way with particular events on the in the boss battle uh, there are so definitely like sense. yeah there are definitely phases of the battle where you know you're going to get them down to a third of their health and then the music might change and then you know you get them down really low or you defeat them and now it shifts again so it's dynamic and when you play the game um oh, okay so yeah, you're just kind of shifting but, through the phases of the yeah the but it is it's there. a pretty scripted battle it, you know much like a lot of 3d zelda games have uh, very scripted boss battles it's pretty similar, um, mm. and overall, I would say the Pathless. Um, it really hits this nice sweet spot between. So it 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 drives a lot of the same feelings of playing a game like um, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. It, it gets a lot of the same kind of sweeping vistas and big epic um, action moments where you're you know jumping and doing a flip in the air and time slows down and you aim your bow and you hit the monster and just the right you know, the weak spot, um, and you're restoring life to this kind of sad looking world, um, and you can explore and do things. Um, it's not totally non-linear, but, um, but you do have a lot of options of, of how to approach things and you can kind of wander around and look for secrets and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, it gives you a lot of the, the gist of, of a Zelda game in that way, but it's much shorter. It's probably... 10 or 15 hours at the maximum and the game is just always very fast moving there's not really any puzzle solving to speak of um, and uh, you're not going into digging through caves or anything like that you're really kind of sliding around um, the overworld it, like you're you're moving um, sort of like an animal but it, it has the feel a little bit that you're sort of surfing along the ground um, and you're mostly doing that and you shoot arrows at little symbols to like recharge your boost meter so 
you're always kind of doing this combo thing in order to keep moving as fast as possible and you know be, be efficient and catch up to the things that are running away from you and most of the enemies and the bosses and things like that are sort of like um, battles in motion so it's kind of like a horseback battle in a Zelda game um, and yeah it's a it's a really fun game it's very beautiful really nice art design really great music as you heard um, so I recommend it if you're a Zelda fan and you're looking for something a little more bite-sized um, it really really fits the bill pretty nicely um, and um, the answer to the hint question um, is journey so it's a very very similar kind of game the pathless um, I mean, it, it is definitely like a slidey, um, artsy, artsy st art style um, game where you're kind of sliding around this um, contoured environment. Um, but the Pathless is, is deeper uh, from a gameplay perspective. It's a longer game. There's just a little more meat to it. Um, it's a little bit more of a gamey game, whereas Journey is, is definitely a bit more of an artistic statement, you know, that you're meant to play through in about 90 minutes or so. Um, and then you can play through it again if you want to go through the emotional arc um, all over again, which I've done. I've gone back to Journey. It's a good time to even to do it a second time. And the music is just really incredible. This composer um, is named Austin Wintery. Um, and he's done several video game soundtracks, but these two in particular, I think, um, you know, really stand out um, for Journey and The Pathless. And again, the games are pretty similar in a lot of ways. So um, I believe he is going to be working on this studio's uh, next game, which is like the, the Sword in the Sand or something like that. Um, and it looks, it's yet another game where you're sort of surfing around on sand dunes um, and uh, doing action stuff, I guess. I don't know. Looks really cool. I can't wait to try it out. All right. Well, we're going to go to the last game here. It was my selection. <clears throat> and Johnny, uh, maybe you'll figure it out. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think I would have figured out either of your selections, just for the record. <laughs> Maybe Final Fantasy, because we had the DS game a long time ago, but I don't think I would have guessed the right game.
Okay. Kind of like the glockenspiel or whatever that um, whatever that little tinkling sound was in that song. Very nice. tinkling yeah and the <laughs> the drumming toward the end made me think of like a <laughs> like an eastern folk song you know oh here's your uh is your hint question here gonna need that so what cl- <clears throat> yeah what cliche medical condition does the protagonist suffer from for most of this game oh
Okay, I like that third song um, for sure. And something about your question reminded me of something Guillaume said recently on that other podcast. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna guess um, Phoenix Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. Oh well, you're in the right ballpark for okay. sure. Okay. This is Famicom Detective Club: The Missing Heir. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's is, yeah in the uh, ballpark. It's about as close. It's definitely in the ballpark. So, <laughs> so the we, we've used the other of, the, so so th- these were, um, a pair of remakes that were released at the same time mm-hmm. for Switch. There was there was The Missing Heir, which was I believe the original release on the Famicom Disk System, and then there's also. The girl who stands behind, which really awkward <laughs> named title, and um, that that was the prequel. So it, it, I think Timeline Lies is earlier, but was the second game released, and um, and I played that one first, um, and then I played this one shortly thereafter. I think Nintendo had this thing where like it's like 50, it was fifty dollars, maybe it still is fifty dollars. For the first one, then ten dollars for the second, or so. I think they have some weird thing where it basically makes sense to buy both of them. Yeah, you can a, get a the, bundle, uh, even with a bundle. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really in the market for visual novels, but these seemed a little pricey. The, they me. are. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're paying for the kind of the curiosity factor and Nintendo tax <laughs> for like, oh, right. yeah, this, this game was never released in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, the, the game is like really, you know, both of these games are nicely redone. We've already used. Um, the girl who stands behind uh this game i didn't like as much i didn't think it had quite as strong a soundtrack i I thought the the plot was a little bit more mundane not that either of them are like the most amazingly novel visual novels uh ever but but you know they they were written uh in the 80s and they carried that over here right they're not not reinventing the story or the the game mechanics really at all it's it's really is a a port with with a much nicer coat of paint on it uh, and a much ni- nicer renditions of the music, in my opinion. And just like you were saying about Final Fantasy III, um, uh, the Pixel remake remaster, you can choose at any time which which one you want. I don't remember if this particular game has all three versions or just two. Like there's, there's the NES, or sorry, the Famicom, the uh, Super Famicom, and then the... Uh, the modern uh, Switch release. And I think this game had all three of those options. Because oh, this game was remade, I, I believe, for the Super Famicom uh, <laughs> as, as a downloadable title on that their service there that was downloadable. So Yeah. Um, so it came out in Japan twice before, yeah. and both long before it finally um, came out anywhere else. But it, it's really cool that Nintendo is digging up things like this and making them available to a much bigger audience. You know, I, I, like I said, this is not the kind of game for me, honestly. I don't even like Ace Attorney all that much, but um, but I, I think it's really cool that Nintendo is agile enough to look at, you know, a, a market for these visual novels building up, especially on PC, but on Switch there's a huge library as well. And, and, and the fans are telling each other about these games and which ones are great. And, you know, they're, they're spreading the word. And, and I love that Nintendo's like, hey, you know what? We used to make those. We could dig one of these up and, um, and, and bring it over um, to, in English for the first time. And, and, you know, 
it, they're, they can charge whatever they think is fair for it. You know, that's not for, not for me to decide, but, uh, <laughs> but I, but I really do like that these are out there and that, um, they're packaged really nicely and in a way that people who are interested in this sort of thing can get it and, and enjoy it and have like something nice, you know, to, to show for their, for their interest. Um, and, and be able yeah. to support a very niche kind of game that, Certainly Nintendo doesn't make any more, I don't think. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's just really cool that this came out. I, I agree. Uh, I don't know that many visual novels. I probably would like some others uh, just because I, I like the Ace Attorney series. Although, I mean, I'd, I'd say I like, you know, all the Ace Attorney games more than, than these two. They become Detective Club games. Um, they're just better games in general, and, and more interactive and, and more interesting. Well, they're but, se- uh, also separated by <laughs> decades of yeah, modernization. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's really not a fair comparison in some ways because, right, Nintendo wasn't trying to you know reinvent it or reboot it or anything. This this is these really are faithful ports. Yeah, more as a kind of a preservation and and uh, translation service. Yeah, it's not like um, they anything. animated the whole thing, right? I mean, it's still yeah. Well, no, they they, they, they they've and backgrounds. Uh, no, I mean they, they they have. It's it's almost like that. What do they call like the two D live or, or whatever the term is that's used? It's they, there's a lot comment. of kind of like almost. It's like they almost like sliding. It almost looks like you know they they have characters sliding their parts of their body a little bit to to have motion. So they gotcha. they did do a fair amount of work. Uh, on on the visuals to make it kind of like an interactive manga kind of or a, a moving manga. It's it's it doesn't look bad at all. I mean, I, okay. I, I'm, there's some pretty high production values there. Right? It's not my favorite style of like anime-ish animation. It, to me, it always looks a little bit um, odd to my eye, but but it doesn't look bad. Cool. And um, yeah, no, it, it it looks fairly modern. Um, it's just. Yeah, it's 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 you know it's a forty year old game or something, right? <laughs> right. In terms of the, the bones, right? right. So, yeah. so it's 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 sort of historical, and there's some like an interesting twist in the gameplay a little bit near the end. I wouldn't want to, I don't really want to spoil, but even there, it's like okay, whatever. Um, and uh, but but yeah, I, I don't want to dismiss this game. I, I think that overall, it's 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 worth checking out if if you liked visual novels, if you like Ace Attorney, and you haven't gotten around to either of these games or one of them check the other one out um but yeah i don't think that they've ever put this one on sale they should maybe they have I, this <laughs> i mean their their attitude's probably well it's already on sale you can buy both of them and get two for 30 bucks each but yeah exactly now you're now you're thinking like nintendo <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i don't think it's on the voucher system i i, I don't remember i'll have to look again but um well, this would be the sort of thing that you probably wouldn't Could, want to you know, use the the voucher for this since it's pri- even the bundle I think is priced less than a than a typical um, game. Yeah, you're right. It might have been fifty bucks for for both of them. I don't, I don't remember. That sounds yeah, about that's, right. That's a good to point. Me. So yeah, you'd rather use the voucher on something that's normally going to cost you sixty or seventy. But uh, yeah, so of course you know being kind of a uh, you know soap opera type uh, uh, storytelling and. Uh, uh, you know, it's also, I guess, in a lot of anime. Uh, can, can you figure out what, what the cliche medical condition, cliche oh, medical condition is that just that the protagonist is suffering seem from? To remember, <laughs> also, what was your name? What was, yes. what was my name? Correct. Correct. 
Yeah. <laughs> Am- amnesia is really a is really a, a trope in storytelling that um, we should see a lot less of. I'm gonna say. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's convenient from a game standpoint because then, okay, well now the, the protagonist you're playing as doesn't know any more than you as the player. I, I understand why it's uh, it's an old standby, but uh, mm-hmm. man, ah, it's frustrating. I think, yeah, yeah. It also seems to um, grossly <laughs> misrepresent how many people actually ever deal with amnesia, <laughs> um, temporary or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but anyway, um, it is, and it's, I mean, it is a scary concept, right? To just wake up one day and not know who you are and not recognize anything around you. Very scary. I think it's a, it's a dramatic place to, to start your story. Um, but so often these protagonists just have a really happy go lucky attitude about it. Like, okay, well, let's go do some quests and maybe it'll come back to me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I think it's like, okay, well, apparently I work for this detective agency. So, yeah, okay, I guess I'll, I'll go investigate what I was investigating before. Sure. Yeah. I'll just trust everyone and memory. try to be a good person and my memory will probably <laughs> come back to me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was the last game. Um, posers. Oh, I should mention that the composer there was Kenji Yamamoto, uh, better known for his work on the Metroid series, uh, with with the remixes, I believe, of, of the, those compositions by Takeshi Abe. But yeah, this this was uh, our buddy from Metroid uh, doing soap opera type stuff. <laughs> well, I I think Yoshio Sakamoto was involved with these too. So um, maybe they kind of you know moved around as a team over over a handful of different games. Yeah. Um, no, really interesting sort of historical artifact uh, that they that they found a way to, to get onto the marketplace. It's too bad they couldn't have done that with Mother Three. Maybe maybe that's next. Maybe that's that's next in the uh, experimental release line from Nintendo. I wonder how well the the Mother and Earthbound releases actually did on on the various platforms they've released them on. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure that's informing their priority. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wonder if they can monitor usage on um, Nintendo Switch Online to see are people actually playing those games. You know, once they're made available. Well, I, I'm sure they can on that. I, I'm sure on Nintendo Switch Online they can. Hmm. I don't know about on like Wii U. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would know the sales. Um, yeah. But, well, it hasn't happened and how yet. How many people played it for five minutes and then it was, eh, <laughs> sure. not for me. Right, right. but that's, that's useful information, too. Yeah, yeah true. Well, Mike, thanks for having me back. It's always a really good time uh, doing the show with you, and I'm glad I yeah. was able to guess a geist. You and guessed geist. Glad I could bring I a couple I guess that was a good hint question. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> obvious one for that game. Like, if you know that game, you'll, you know, right. you'll figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I was able to bring some music to the show, and ho- hopefully, people enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody.
Super Mario Brothers 2 is copyrighted 2012 Nintendo. Final Fantasy 3 Pixel Remaster is copyright 1990 2023 Square Enix. <laughs> Geist! Geist! Ah, hey, Luigi, come over here! Oh, Geist is copyright 2005. Nintendo in space. Go away. This is copyright 2022. Giant squid. In the famous Cam Detective Club, the missing heir has all the money. Is <laughs> copyright 1988, 2021 Nintendo. Tose in Meiji. Oh yeah, by the way, Little Nemo, the Dream Master, that one's copyright 1989-1990 Capcom and TMS. Hehe! <laughs>